Today's podcast is brought to you by Khan Academy. Khan Academy Kids is an award-winning educational app with thousands of interactive activities, exercises, games, and books that will inspire a lifetime of learning and discovery for kids ages 2 through 7. It covers a range of subjects, including early literacy, reading, writing, math, social-emotional learning, plus creative and physical activities, and I'm all for that. And best of all, it's 100% free. Learn more at Khan.co slash free kids app. That's K H A N dot C O slash free kids app. And by Hard Rock All Inclusive Resorts. Book a stay at the All Inclusive Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Punta Cana, from July 2nd to July 6th. And on July 3rd, the kids bop kids will be performing live in concert followed by a meet and greet your stay will be jam-packed with daily activities where kids get to mingle with their favorite kids bop kids with non-stop dance parties pool parties and more for more information visit hard rock hotel puntacana.com For 30 plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 103, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. Our guest today is Tracy Lynn Russell. Tracy's a conference speaker and an award-winning writer for Proverbs 31 Ministry. She also hosts her own podcast, The Heart of the Story, with Tracy Lynn Russell. She recently created an interactive leadership program for women called The Art of My Story Workshop. Tracy has a powerful testimony of how God radically healed and transformed her marriage. After enduring a painful divorce and then experiencing redemption through Christ, Tracy now writes encouraging marital devotions called Save My Marriage. Tracy and her husband Mark have been together for 23 years and they reside in Miami, Florida with their four children. As always, I'll share my points to ponder so you can start using them right away. And parents, remember, don't just download episodes, click subscribe, because when you do that, you are joining my parenting revolution. And every new episode will automatically show up in your subscribe list. Also, not only are we on iTunes, but the PGK podcast is now available in the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. I want you now to listen in on a conversation I had with Tracy Lynn Russell. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today on um, my podcast. Oh, thank you, Dr. Meeker. I can't even tell you what an honor it is to be here with you. 
Oh, well, thank you. Um, you have an interesting story in that you were married, divorced, and remarried to your husband. So let's start at the beginning. How did you meet your husband the first time? Yes, well, we met um, in Miami, Florida. We knew each other from church, and I gave him about eight years to think about it because we met up again and started dating after college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I really just loved Mark and his family and thought he was the nice guy. Um, and I just looked in his eyes and I thought, I've seen forever. And so we were Aww. married like so many and we had that beautiful day. But then suddenly as we left the uh, marriage vows um, and I'm shaking the rice out of my hair, getting into the car, I looked over at Mark and something had radically changed. Hmm. And his face just kind of clouded over. And I thought, oh, goodness, this doesn't seem to be going so well. And as we boarded the honeymoon cruise and I thought this is going to be the moment that brings us together forever, I finally just kind of worked up the courage to look at him. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know if we should have been married. Oh, and my. I absolutely felt like a sucker punch to my stomach. And, you know, I call those pow moments, plan out of whack, people out of whack. I mm-hmm. mean, it just was this pow. And... You know, I was just absolutely devastated at the time because I thought this cannot be happening to me. Certainly, he's just going to get past these jitters. And you know, Meg, we ended up um, in two uh, two and a half years of this. Uh, we had a child we brought into the marriage. About three months into marriage, I found out I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't changing. And it mm-hmm. was one of the most difficult situations ever because I, like so many of your listeners, I knew the Lord. I I signed up to be a wonderful wife and a wonderful mom. And the plan just radically changed, you know? And I, mean, I think of that verse, uh, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I was young and I didn't know how God's purpose was going to come through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the plan really changed for me. And so we did end up getting divorced and I was a single mom. And I found myself in that situation of, oh my goodness, this is much harder than I ever dreamed or imagined, you know? Yeah. Was your husband, your ex-husband involved in your son's life after you got divorced? Or, I mean, did he still parent or did he just leave? Well, here's the amazing thing about God. He, he never, he never ceases to amaze me. So in our divorce and when we were divorced, my husband was drug. Now, mind you, I drug him to nine counselors. I drug him to so many people to try to save that marriage. And finally, when I just did tough love and I walked away, a man invited him to a Bible study and he couldn't get out of it. He said, I have run out of excuses. I'll just have to go. And a man stood up and said, you know, our main speaker's not here. All I have is my story. And this man started to share authentically how a Christian man could get through um, sins that they were harboring, that they were holding on to. And wouldn't you know, my ex-husband on the spot decided that Jesus Christ was the only way he could get through his problem and Mm -hmm. that God could help him get over that mountain of sin. Instead of like so many, he just wanted to run away and think, I'll just try another marriage. I'll just, you know, I just want to keep running away from this. But God brought him to that wholehearted decision of really putting the Lord first in his life. Mm -hmm. And so what a quandary we were in because here he is coming to the Lord. We're divorced and I'm a single mom and thinking that's a little too late, buddy. And by the way, I don't like this story and I don't even like to look at you. And my husband is a really good looking guy, but you know, once you've been hurt and rejected and all this stuff, I was like, I I don't even like the sight of that man. And I really became a bitter, angry woman because I 
I was mad at God too. I thought, you know, I signed up to be this great girl and here you let all this stuff happen to me. No way. We're getting a divorce, you know, but as I found very quickly, you know, the divorce just really, it didn't empower me. I thought I'm going to prove I'm a strong woman. Oh man, what a lie that is. Um, you know, the divorce couldn't heal me. Another man couldn't heal me. And uh, what I really needed was to go back to my first love, which was God for the healing that I needed. And um, so the Lord was really going to bring me back into that relationship with himself too. Did Mark ever tell you or did he ever discover why he had the jitters or got cold feet right after you got married? What was going on in his mind? Yeah. So I think like so many men, he had had some relationships in college that were not um, God honoring. But to be very honest with you, there was marriage unfaithfulness involved. Mm -hmm. And once I found out about that, I welled up with so much bitterness and anger and I just said, um, you know, I am so sorry. Remember, it was a Valentine's Day night. And I just said, I am so sorry you have chosen to do that. You know, it was question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. You know, it was excuse, excuse. Well, I love you, but I'm not committed to all this stuff. And finally, when he told me that, and he was really changed at that time. But I just said, if you want to, you know, move forward, you're going to have to be completely honest. And once he told me about that, I said, I am so sorry. I do not want to be a single mom, but it is over and we are getting divorced. Mm. And so that was really the deal sealer for me at that time. And my uncle who was a pastor, he said, Tracy, you know, if God is in this, I've seen God heal so many marriages, even when there's unforgiveness. Like if God is in this storm, don't get the divorce because he can do things like people can have better marriages on the other side. And I said, Uncle John, I don't care if God can make a better marriage. I am not doing it with this guy and it's over. Yeah. And you know, what I've since realized is that, you know, it's funny. I love my husband more now today than I did on my marriage day when it was so dependent on his behavior, when it was so dependent on all this, you know, having this marriage and this romance and all this stuff because we are two sinners saved by grace, grounded in our faith with the Lord. And, you know, I'm always, even in my marriage right now, I am married to my first love who is God. And out of that relationship, I can love Mark. And he has become, I, I have, I have to tell you, I have lived the scriptures of, I have seen my husband go from death to life. And, you know, when you talk about someone's countenance and that I told you he became ugly, it was funny because when he really turned his life over to the Lord, it's almost like his crystal blue eyes started sparkling again. And like, mm -hmm. you can see that light come back into someone again, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so yes, we were remarried, but it was just because God had made a new man. So I feel like I'm remarried to a new man. We, we mm -hmm. joke and we say my ex-husband was a real jerk, but I really love my second husband. It just happens to be the same person. <laughs> the same person and that, yeah. yeah. And that marriage has lasted 23 years and three more kids. And so we're really grateful. God gave us a second chance. So how long were you divorced from him? So we were actually divorced about nine months, um, which I know that sounds short, but at the time we had been separated several times from the time we were married. We were separated on and off. And when you're going through a divorce, it feels like an eternity. I mean, I, I thought this had been going on forever and ever and ever. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that was a relatively short amount of time. But, you know, God just invaded the story. When I got out of the way, when I did tough love and I said, okay, you know, if you don't want to be married, you'll need to go live your own life. And I kind of lived my own life. God separately worked on both of us and healed us and then brought us back together. So yeah, it was nine months. What would you say to the woman, the single mom out there who um, 
says, you know, I have a strong faith. Um, I've gotten divorced because my husband was just like Mark. He was a jerk. He was cheating on me. But her husband hasn't turned around like Mark did. What would you say to that woman? Right. And, you know, I thank you so much for asking me that because for a while I didn't want to share my story because I felt like, well, I don't want people to think that if they don't get remarried, they didn't get the happy ending or whatever. Um, And I didn't want to make anybody else feel bad about that because that doesn't always happen in the story. But what I want her to know is that the best thing that happened to me was that not that I got a happy ending, I got a holy beginning. And what I mean by that is I was brought into a first love relationship with God. And I was that girl that always was looking for a guy to be um, that person to love me. I I dated a lot. I had um, difficult relationships in the past. And so my stronghold that the Lord was going to free me of was really strangleholding that man in my life to love me the way I Mm -hmm. wanted it to. And so I needed to release everybody in this world and come into that first love relationship with God. Because no matter if I'm married to another person, I would have drugged that same problem and unforgiveness into the next relationship and probably sabotaged it too. Mm -hmm. So it's like I had to come into that 100% obedient relationship with God. And he called me to get remarried to Mark. Because honestly, it was kind of a scary thing at the time. And by the way, no one showed up at our remarriage, you know, the first one with the 250 (laughs) guests. And, um, you know, everybody was there. I remarried my husband out of obedience to my first love because Mm -hmm. I was the kind of girl that was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to set myself up for this again. Not many women want to get rejected twice, but I heard my first love tell me this, Meg. He said, this is what the Lord said to me. And I'm not, I'm not saying audibly, I'm saying in my heart, if it marries one day, if you stay married one day, 10 days, a hundred years, I am calling you to remarry this man and to love him like I love you. And um, I was like, okay. Now that moment I was holding my nose and jumping off the end of a diving board. That's what it felt like. But what I didn't know is that the Lord blessed obedience and he did do something in my husband. So I feel like I was remarried to a new person. Um, and he did call me to remarry and we've served in many ministries together and we still have our struggles. We have our ups and downs, but we have that strong foundation of first love to go back to. Yeah. And so what I want to tell her is that if you have if you have a first love relationship with God, you have the most powerful relationship in the world. He is your husband and he will protect and provide for you in ways you cannot dream or imagine. And mm-hmm. that is the best happy beginning you could ever ask for. Yeah, I love that. I love that because, you know, m- many women may listen to your story and go, wow, you know, that's what's ahead for me. Maybe, maybe not. But the whole point is that God is sufficient. God is enough for you. Parents, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Tracy Lynn Russell. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of our conversation. Parents, KiwiCo creates hands-on projects for kids of all ages to make learning about STEAM fun. KiwiCo is defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously enjoyable. They create hands-on projects designed to expose kids to concepts in STEM, art, and design. Each crate is designed by experts, tested by kids, and teaches a new STEAM concept. Their mission is to help kids build creative confidence and problem-solving skills and 
have a blast while doing it. Each box comes with all the supplies needed for that month's project, plus easy-to-follow instructions and more enriching content. Choose from a bunch of different topics designed for all ages. Friends, I use KiwiCo. I have five grandkids, ages two to six, and I have used a KiwiCo project for each one of my grandkids, and I love the way they're interesting. Everything in the everything in the box is ready to go. All the parts that you need are there, and I love that each of their products is age appropriate. With KiwiCo's hands-on art and science projects, kids can engineer a walking robot, blast off a bottle rocket, explore colorful, kid-friendly chemistry and a whole lot more. They have everything you need to make STEAM seriously fun. Delivered to your doorstep. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash meg. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash meg. Teencounseling.com connects your 13 to 19 year old with a licensed professional counselor right where they spend most of their time on their smartphone. The process starts by completing a short questionnaire to help them understand your relationship with your teen and their specific needs. You'll then be matched with a skilled therapist in teencounseling.com's network of specialists who will be available to start communicating within 24 hours. You'll have the opportunity to review their credentials and directly communicate with a counselor to make sure it's a good fit. Then, once you approve, the counselor and your teen will begin communicating directly. Teen Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional counseling, and financial aid is available. So visit teencounseling.com slash Meg and help your teen take charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Parenting great kids with Dr. Meg Meeker listeners can get 10% off your first month at teencounseling.com slash Meg. Let's talk about your kids. I know you have four kids. You had a son before you divorced. And what impact do you think divorce has had on your son? Because he's really the only one who felt the divorce. Is that true? Right. Yes, he did. Um, you know, I will say that I do think he was impacted. So I want to go back. Now, he, my son Chase is 24 years old right now. So we're talking about him when he was one, two, and three. And we do know from studies now, Meg, that he was experiencing the trauma in the womb of what I was going through. And he did have a traumatic birth. So I almost lost him at birth. Um, and uh, But he was survived and God brought him through that. Um, and I think if I'm remembering back just to help women, I think he was angry, even though he was really little, he was confused. You know, I would go in his crib and he'd say, I lost my daddy. I lost my daddy. And I would say, no, buddy, you didn't lose your daddy. And he'd say, no, I did. I lost my daddy. And, you know, he was hurting along with me at that point. And, you know, I made, I didn't know what to do. I remember going to a pediatrician and saying, I think I'm in trouble. Um, I think I might be getting a divorce. And, and is this going to hurt my son? And they said, yeah, it's going to hurt him. But, you know, I just, I prayed a lot. I prayed for God. 
had to make uh, to make up for what was going on. Um, I held him a lot. I enlisted the help of my in-laws and we mm-hmm. decided that we were going to do whatever was best for Chase. We tried not to drag in any things and keep his life as steady as possible. And um, really, we just we just all kind of rallied around Chase and tried to make his life as, um, as seamless as possible and really attached to him in special ways. You know what I mean? Where he had time with his dad. And I will tell you what Mark ended up doing is when Mark changed, he took Chase every second of every day. He remade a baby book. And I would say those two are best friends today. They're so much alike uh, that he was investing in our son's life too. Even though we weren't living in the same house, he moved on a, a apartment right down the street from me and he was committed to being a great dad regardless of what happened with us and I really think that's important for couples to realize that regardless of what happens in that marriage we have to care about that child more than anything else I love what you say about Chase having uh, feeling um, the trauma or the change or the divorce when he was very very young because I think you're absolutely right on even very young children one two three years old they they sense angst in the home. They sense the tension and that makes them feel very insecure, even at a very young age. So, you know, I hear this a lot from parents. You know, we're going through divorce. We get along really well. My child is resilient. They're doing, he's doing fine. And sometimes I cringe when I hear that because Mm -hmm. I said, how do you know your child's doing fine? I think that we look at kids and think, well, you know, they're not hurting as much as I am. They aren't in this relationship and know why I need to get out. But the truth is, Many kids hurt more right. than 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 a parent does when they're going through a divorce. And as one who really loves kids and is pretty learned about kids and development, right. talk about um, the the trauma, if you will, to kids going through the divorce experience. Mm-hmm. Well, Meg, it hurts my heart to actually think back. Um, I felt a lot of shame um, when I think back to that time because I don't know if I was the greatest mom at that time. I was interested in dating. I wasn't Uh, I was trying to pay attention to Chase, but the truth is I was going through a lot of trauma myself. You know what I mean? And it hurts me. Um, But one thing I do know is that I have learned that um, just to attach and just to really be present to our children, to realize that they are experiencing things and to trust that um, I kind of think about it like an emotional bank account. And I I think about it that I'm going to try to invest as much into that emotional bank account as I possibly can because um, I can I can influence that you know life is going to impact them you know that, that that divorce definitely impacted him there was a trauma but I can influence the positive you know and um, so I just tried to put in as much as I possibly could to that emotional bank account and if you really want to know the truth Meg we my son has struggled in later years from that trauma because trauma just doesn't magically disappear you know and um, so yeah of all my kids my son Chase has struggled the most and later in life you know I've gotten the honest feedback from people I said you know if we didn't you know they believe that he experienced a lot of that in the womb and so um I I wish I could take that away, but that is the truth, you know? 
that's why I, I think we need to talk about it because a lot of parents, when I approach them and say, you know, your child may not be fine. And I know that's nice for you to think because you're struggling so much and right. you're in a lot of anguish and it's hard to think about your child. But the truth is you can't deal with something unless you bring it into the light. And as right. long as you deny that it's having an effect on your kids, um, because again, People don't want to shame you. You already feel ashamed. You don't want people to blame you or heap it on. But I I think we need to say, you know, look, I know this was hard for you, but it was very, very hard for your child in different ways. Don't deny it. Accept it. And then what can we do? Let's deal with it. And I think it's really important for parents to understand that your child is going to go through a grieving process. And that, that grieving process in a child looks very different than a grieving process in an adult. Kids get Mm -hmm. angry. They act out. They have temper tantrums. They spit on you. Mm -hmm. They do all sorts of things. And so for parents to have the insight to sort of say, okay, I'm going to help, help him. I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to let him grieve what he needs to grieve um, because of all of this. Right. Um, you know, I know there's um, one really helpful tool. There is a children's trauma, uh, the trauma scale that can be done pretty simply to find out. Um, also, I know there's a lot of ministries right now that are the results on trauma. I mean, if if your child or if you suspect your child is struggling, this is the most amazing opportunity that God's given us because there's so many treatments and there's so much research and evidence-based ways yes. to deal with this. And, you know, they say um, if you have a kid, it takes, you know, 25 treatments or but once they have this positive experience like horse therapy or there's a lot of you know different ways that they're really reaching out to children in therapeutic ways to you know once they involve in something like that I think the experiences they need are down to like 10 positive experiences in treatment yeah. you know it's really reducing the amount of of help that they need so it's like it could be very simple to find these opportunities for your child yes. uh, to experience a, uh, a resilience. And, you know, we know that there is a growth in trauma. There's a resilience uh, to trauma. And it just takes, like you said, being a little proactive as a parent saying, you know what, right or wrong, I'm going to do what's right for my child. And I'm going to, we've been through a divorce. That's one of the big, de- that's one of the big T's, you know, there's the big yeah. T's and there's the little T's and yes. divorce is a big T. It's a yeah. big trauma. And so mm-hmm. we do need to, as we love our kids, find those ways to help them heal along the way. And we can do that. Yeah. Tracy, I could talk to you all day. I know, Meg, I'm so I know. honored We're like to be with you. Kind of, no, like kindred spirits, because I love, love, love kids. And I, I know that too. one of the- I, I know that one of the best ways we can help kids is to help their parents and not to shame them or come down hard on them, but say, right. let's just deal with life. How can our listeners find out more about you, more about what you do? Um, because you've got a tremendous platform and podcast. So how can people find you, Tracy? Yes. What I'd love to reach out to your listeners with is um, just completely free. It's called Save My Marriage Story, just like Save My Marriage and put the word story, savemymarriagestory.com. And on there, they're going to get links to my husband and I's testimony that was aired on James Dobson. They'll be able to um, have some encouraging stories, whether they're in a strong marriage or whether they're needing help with their marriage. They're just stories that I share that are encouraging, they're devotional style. 
And I just hope to touch hearts and offer hope and healing that in Jesus Christ, we can move from uh, trauma to total love and total surrender in this lifetime. And um, I just thank you for your work that you're doing on behalf of children and moms and families, Meg. I really, really do. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure and it's my joy. So, well, Tracy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are going to have to have you come back. Oh, I would love to. Wonderful. And you have a podcast, The Heart of the Story. I do. I have a podcast, The Heart of the Story. Hey, if your listeners are looking for that little tiny boost of encouragement, I share little inspirational stories. And then I also want them to know that I share about transformational leadership and sharing their personal story. And as you know, uh, Dr. Meeker, sharing our story is a powerful way to deal with trauma too, to move that um, into helping other people. We can share our story one day and the very thing they're struggling with might be something that can help someone else in the future. Yes, it is. Amen. Tracy, thank you so much, and we'll speak again. Thank you. Let's go to my points to ponder. One, hold on in your marriage. You know, most young couples feel so desperate in their marriage, and maybe their misery in their marriage, that they too quickly file for divorce. They fail to realize that while divorce does get them away from the spouse they dislike, a whole new set of problems arise. So before you file, if you're thinking about it, find a friend who's gone through a divorce and talk to them honestly. Ask them to tell the truth about what follows divorce. One suggestion I've had married folks tell me is to take one year and live in different parts of the house, sleep in different bedrooms, interact very little. This gives you time to think through your decisions. Two, remember that no matter what you do, your marriage will change. We never think about that. When folks are in the midst of a crisis or terrible period, it seems as though the bad times will last forever. But even if you do nothing, things will change. New circumstances will come up that will change your lives and your marriage, the death of a parent, an illness, or just maturity. Having this perspective can help you make decisions in the moment. Three, don't underestimate the impact of divorce on your kids. I know that's tough to hear, but it's really important. When asked how their kids are doing, divorced parents often say they're doing really well. They're more resilient than you think. These aren't true. Kids mourn and grieve just like we do. The problem is grieving looks different in kids. It can be delayed. If you divorce when they're five, they may not show their grief until they're 14. So be sure to help them. Acknowledge that they will be sad, they will be angry, and that they may be mad at you. And then help them process these feelings. All right, parents, let's get social. I want to hear from you and interact with you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Meg Meeker, MD, or if you have a question, send it to askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Today, I have a question from Lisa. Dear Dr. Meg, I'm a mother of five with ages seven, six, five, three, and four months. My six-year-old daughter is in kindergarten. She's always been shy and quiet. Recently, she's come home from school telling me that kids at school make fun of her. She says they comment on how quietly she talks. She tells me she just feels too shy to talk. 
Another example that has brought her to tears was during art. They commented on her work by saying it did not look the way it was supposed to. She told me she tried so hard and could not do it. I guess my heart breaks for her because she does not have self-confidence. I know I'm not a perfect mom. I tell her how special he is, not only to me, but to God. Where have I gone wrong? Maybe she has gotten lost in the busyness of our family. How do I encourage her? How do I help her build self-esteem? Well, Lisa, a couple of things that I want to tell you to encourage you. Your six-year-old is a shy and quiet girl. That's the way she is. Many times we look at shy kids and think we need to bring them out of their their shell. We need to change them. We need to get them more comfortable talking with people. But the truth of the matter is your daughter is probably just an introvert and she's very quiet. Have you done something wrong? No. Has she got lost in the busyness of the family? No. And does she have self-esteem? Probably a lot more than you think. So her being shy and quiet doesn't mean something's gone wrong, that you've done something wrong, or that she has. This is just who she is. Now, kids who are quiet are more likely to get their feelings hurt more easily because they don't stand up for themselves. That's okay. This is what I encourage you to do. Tell your daughter it's fine to be a shy and quiet, and that kids may make fun of her more because of the way she talks, and that's okay. They just don't understand. And if they say things about her art, just tell her, honey, your art is perfectly fine. Kids are just saying that, and it's really important to realize you can't take them seriously. I know it hurts your feelings, but over time, it's not going to hurt your feelings so much. In other words, you need a teacher to be resilient. Don't feel sorry for her. Don't look at her like, oh, I'm so sorry. School is terrible. You must be hurting so bad. Whenever she talks to you about it, say, you know what, honey? I know that's hard and I understand. But you know what? You're going to be okay. So when they say things, just try to ignore them. Come home and tell me and we'll talk it through. But don't treat her like there's something wrong with her or that you're a bad parent. My next question is from Lisa. Good day, Dr. Meeker. I have a question about my four-year-old daughter and computers. My daughter Sage is four. We visit the local public library once to twice per week. She enjoys using the computer. My only rule is that she watches an orchestral performance for a minimum of five minutes. Then she's allowed to watch her favorite. Daniel Tiger. My question is, should we expose her to the iPad I have at home in preparation for school? When she enters kindergarten, she'll be exposed to it anyway. My husband feels we should just go with the flow and wait until she's in school. First of all, Lisa, kudos to you for making her watch an orchestral performance. Here's why I say that's so wonderful. First of all, most kids don't get that exposure. And exposing your children to orchestra music or symphonies really helps stimulate brain growth. And it's very important for her to be exposed to a wide range of music, not just the music she'll hear in television shows or on the radio as she gets older. I would tend to agree with your husband when it comes to introducing her to the iPad. Your daughter is going to be using an iPad or a computer for the rest of her life. So if you can give her an extra year 
where she's not using more of a screen, I'd let her do that. Right before kindergarten, pull out your iPad, show her how to use it, and she's off and running. So I'm of the belief that less screen time is better. That's why I agree with your husband. Parents, you know I love answering your questions, so keep sending them in to me. You can email me any parenting question to ask Meg at megmeekermd.com. Again, ask Meg at megmeekermd.com. I want to thank my guest, Tracy Lynn Russell. To find out more about Tracy, you can go to tracylynnrussell.com. You can listen to her podcast, The Heart of the Story. Make sure to follow her on Instagram and Facebook as well. Now, let's recap my points to ponder. One, hold on in your marriage. Two, remember that no matter what you do, your marriage will change. And three, don't underestimate the impact of divorce on your kids. So until next time, parents, always remember that great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening. And because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents, subscribe so you won't miss anything, and leave us a review so we know how we're doing. 